New stories were coming in about this strange virus in Wuhan, China. It was weeks before we saw the first cases in the U.S. As the numbers went up each day, my curiosity got the best of me, and I started plotting the curves. Hear stories from real people all over the world and how they've responded. I'm Sally Hendrick, founder of Shout Your Cause, and this is COVID-19, The World Responds. You're Kenneth Burks. Right. And I'm the COO of Soul Supports. Soul Supports. And that's in Tennessee. And in Tennessee. Um, you've got a couple of factories, and you just said Hohenwald, and where was the other one? Lyles? In Lyles, Tennessee. Lyles, Tennessee. The, okay. com- the company's owned by Dr. Ed Glazer, great person. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you're the COO. And what's going on right now specifically in your area? What are you doing right now? Um, here in the Lyles area or in our, in our business? Well, either one, whichever one you want to start with. Okay, well, I think we'll go both well, ways. Here in the local area, here in the local area, most businesses, restaurants and things have, are carry out only if they're open. Okay. As far as our business, our, our business is off by about half. And it seems to be declining daily uh, as of last week because uh, doctors of podiatry are not considered essential right. um, medicine. So they're not prescribing orthotics, which is what we do. And I believe many of them may be called into hospitals at some point in time because they would be probably a little bit more qualified than a nurse for certain things. So I expect many of those will be called into action in states or will will. will asked to go into to action and then a lot of our older doctors who are near retirement may decide it's time to hang up their shingles so it may affect our business um, after this crisis as well so tell me Um, what is it that you're doing to pivot right now because when we talked earlier this week you were frantically trying to figure out how to pivot in your factory right i was i've been trying to find something else we could make to keep everybody busy uh, face shields seem to be uh, low-hanging fruit, pretty easy to make, but it, it appears that uh, larger manufacturing facilities have decided to pick up all of the low-hanging fruit, which is really uh, jeopardizing a lot of the smaller businesses that it's we're more flexible. We can turn on a dime, unlike a big factory. Um, it jeopardizes us because we can't get involved. We're not asking to make uh, a a big profit. We're just asking to make enough to keep the lights on and keep our good people in place. I, I don't care about making a profit as long as I can pay the bills here and pay my people. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very difficult to even find materials. I can't even I can't even locate materials to do it. And then I don't know if I, once I do it, if I can even sell the items. It would be nice to to work with some of these bigger companies and let us make the products and they do be our supply line so are you but, reaching uh, out don't to have some that of these kind of leadership you don't i've have... reached out some and i've reached out to manufacturers who make the materials and uh at this time i cannot get my hands on the right materials to to make it but i think that's because these uh other companies have kind of stepped in and and they're trying to to, to supply them with the materials which i don't blame them their businesses too they're just trying to survive right but um do you think that they would just, 
tap you, the smaller businesses in any way to help to spread this out around the country as opposed to taking it all on themselves? It, I think it would be much better to spread it out amongst around the country where I, I, I'm certain I could supply enough shields for, for Tennessee and possibly Alabama and Georgia. Uh -huh. We're right here. Uh, I certainly could help with, uh, with the um, speed at which they're getting it because I'm just a few hours drives, a few hours drive away. Unlike California, which is across the country in two days on at best to get it in place. I believe I could probably make eight to 10,000 masks a day or shields a day and mm -hmm. have them at our local hospitals within 12 hours, all of our hospitals in the area, Birmingham, uh, Atlanta, uh, Nashville, uh, North Carolina, all of those things are just an eight hour drives away from my area, which is a lot more efficient than shipping it from Washington or Oregon or, or California. I know they're all suffering as well, but I think we should be trying to think local right now instead of trying to think nationally. I think it's more efficient. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. It makes a lot of sense. And it keeps the lights on where you are, so it keeps the people here right. employed and so on and so forth. So as far as like having people in the factory, how are you handling the social distancing and the safety measures that we're supposed to have in place? Well, we're very fortunate the way our factory is laid out. People here, um, have a good distance, probably 10 to uh, 20 feet from each other in most cases. I've also encouraged anybody who feels that they're at risk, uh, at no penalty to themselves. If they feel like it's too risky to be here, I let them off and I tell them to go home. I don't want any of my jeopardized people or people with jeopardized family taking chances and bringing it home to their family. No job is worth killing yourself for. Definitely not. And I really so, appreciate that too, because that helps beyond your factory. It helps the communities. Right. And right now I'm, I'm all of my employees take this very seriously, but I was paying attention in January when they were welding doors shut on the Chinese people. And I knew then that this was not a normal flu, regardless of uh, the lack of attention the press was paying to it at the time. And, so I began talking about it with my more aware employees and they talked about it with their friends. So everyone here has been getting ready themselves for over a month. Mm -hmm. um, so that was really, really smart. And I have my average employee is above 45. So I'm really conscious about taking care of them. I have people with health impairments that um, whether they've told me or not, I know exists. Um, and, and I don't want them sick. I want them to retire here. So and, and their health what, is very important to me. What type of connections could we possibly be making for you, for anybody listening to this or anybody that I put this in front of? What type of connections do you need right now? Something with the hospital administrators or what? Uh, any company that has got a who is able to make a product and get it to the government uh, get it to hospitals um you know there there are several large manufacturing facilities you cannot make all of the face shields and face and and n95s and other equipment yourself 
find partners in the states, show them what to do, and let them have some of the business. I'm willing to sign a non-compete. After this is over, I don't want that business. You can have it back. All I want to do is keep my people working, do my duty as an American citizen, and keep this thing floating because this will end, and many, many businesses will go away forever if they don't spread this out. So how, what have you done so far where you've run into a, a brick wall, basically? Uh, I have called uh, material, uh, people who sell materials in several states, and either I don't get a call back because they're swamped or out of business, or I'm told that uh, all of their materials are now spoken for at this time and they have nothing available. Um, which makes me think that, you know, there's big manufacturers just pulling in all of the materials uh, right. to try to help. And that's, it's, it's admirable. I, I understand. And at the same time, I do know they're trying to stay afloat too, but this is a big boat. Let's not sink everybody. So what about, have you contacted Vanderbilt or any other local hospitals, anything in Memphis? Uh, I've not, I have not directly called the hospitals. I've, think they have their hands full <laughs> yeah and, and just to have somebody begging them for business I'm not begging for business but I would like uh, you know I do they know how to manufacture these parts I, I don't think so they're just calling out their vendors and saying we need something and the vendors are calling other people trying to get it right the hospitals are are not in the manufacturing business they're they're in the procurement business you know, they just try to procure, procure goods when they need it. I, I don't know that hospitals could directly help me. Even though they're looking, I mean, like they, do you think that they can't they're calling change their they're vendors? They're calling people, they're calling their vendors saying, help us, we need materials. Their vendors are reaching out to, to other manufacturers. And I, I just don't see, I may be mistaken, but I can't imagine some hospital administrator in purchasing calling up factories and asking people, can you make me this? Where no, would they I see that, start? but if you have the ability and you know what it takes to literally pivot on a dime and turn around and fulfill what they need and you're practically next door, maybe we should mm -hmm. make that introduction happen, you know? Right. Well, well I, am, I am speaking to the, the acquaintance that you uh, spoke to me about. Yeah, Steve Palladino. Steve. I'm talking to him next. And, 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 and and he knows what I can do, and he knows the materials I need, and I just haven't heard anything back. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm sure he's running into the same problem. I've caught we have all kinds of plastic vendors that we deal with anyway, and there's local packaging companies that could do some of this work. One of the things they need is these disposable sterile gowns. Uh, there is a a plastic bag manufacturer. Why in the world can't they? be solicited to make a disposable plastic gown. I think that's something they could probably do. Uh, no one has reached out to them for that. Uh, uh, Interstate Packaging in Kingston Springs probably could do some stuff. There's another packaging company in Clarksville that, that could do some things. But there's no coordination from our state leadership, which is should be coordinating these things with all the factories. Yeah, You would think they would call everyone together and say, what do you do? What do you make? This is what we need. Here are samples of what we need. What can can you do this? Mm -hmm. That would be very useful because there are a lot of small manufacturers out here that could supply all we need for the area, the surrounding area. 
uh, we could get, we could get, we have materials on our shelves. Uh, it's, it's just the most bizarre thing. We're just um, trying to figure it out on our own, which is insanity. Yeah, I agree. Well, maybe we'll get this. And, uh, and I and no and no party's off the hook. Don't let anybody think that they're off the hook because they're they're not in the uh, because they're not in in the in the governing uh, leadership party. Look, they're all to blame. No, no leadership. Leadership can come from either side of the aisle. There's no one on either side of the aisle trying to lead this. Yeah, I agree with that. And and I think we need to get that message to our and, leaders here in this state. And we've got to figure out something. Yeah, no, they, they don't need to feel like they're exempt because they're uh, Democrats or they're exempt because they're Republicans. They're not exempt. And they're supposed to be leading each one of them. And I'm very disappointed with all our leaders, all our leadership, all our elected officials. They have dropped the ball. So is there, uh, what about the fears you have right now? What are you managing with that? To me, I'm not afraid. I just don't operate that way. I, mm -hmm. I get mad, not afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and what, you know, that's, I, I'm, I, you know, you try to, push me around and you're going to have to fight me. I'm not going to back away. And that's what I feel like I'm, I'm trying to fight and I have nothing to swat at, you know? Uh, and, and I'm just, I'm blind right now because I don't know where to pick up and which direction to go. I've, I've got capable, smart people who are willing to participate and help make products to help our community, to help our state, to help the United States and everybody around us. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't have anything that I can do with those talented people. Um, I have software engineers who can write software to make uh, 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 ventilators work. I have, you know, why isn't somebody looking at CPAP machines and seeing if they can uh, use equipment that already exists and build respirators out of? I've heard nothing about that as much as I've Googled it and tried to find. There's some brilliant people that are sitting in all these little communities who could get together and really make a difference. That's what we want to do. We want to get this over and get on with our lives. And all I see is just a, a winding down and a, in a slow stop to everything that's happening. And if it goes on very long, there are going to be so many businesses that never come back. There are going to be so many displaced people that the, the fallout will be worse than this disease. So what is your hope, your biggest hope right now? My biggest hope is the governors have been tasked with leading this crisis state by state. I would hope they would get the right people from industry and look at what's happening in your state and try to figure out what we can do to help get through this quicker. So everyone comes out the other side alive. And so everyone comes out the other side with a business that's still intact. And we shake this off. And a year from now, we have a one year celebration of how we whipped this thing and everyone's made it through. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Right. If they okay, don't fix you. this in okay. 60 days, 
my fear is the country will collapse and we're looking at a 1990 USSR situation. There's only one chance to fix this. It's that bad. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Your perspective really, really helps. And uh, I I look forward to putting this together and getting it out there. All right. But just anecdotally, anecdotally, I, I was a teacher for 15 years and worked with uh, um, emotionally disturbed teenagers and when you work in mental health if you can't sense what's going on when you get out of your car people's lives could be in danger and so you just develop this sense to kind of pick up on the angst and the stress that's going on around you And I went through the crisis in 2009, 2008, 2009, spent 99 weeks unemployed Mm. before I found a job. And I'm telling you, I feel more stress from people than I've ever felt before. It's very, very serious what's happening. And it's not just the coronavirus that's a problem. The problem is this whole economy can collapse. And we're looking at something far worse than 2000 in 2009 we're talking probably worse than the Great Depression and and I hate to think what the toll toll would be on human life if that happened Mm -hmm. we're already seeing governors try to close their borders to other states we haven't seen that since the Civil War so people better wake up before it's too late yeah they should they need need to well thank you is there anything else you want to share with me before we hang up uh no i think that's all i've got right now if you hear of anybody who has any materials and needs us to make anything i've got people aching to work i've cut everyone down to 30 hours right now i'm trying to keep them paying their benefits for them i don't want anyone to be uninsured during this I don't want to cut anybody below full time because I'm afraid if I have to lay them off, that could affect their unemployment. And there's some grants, uh, some loans that become grants where I could keep everybody employed. We can clean, mop, sweep. We could do things to be mm-hmm. productive. Uh, we can. There's things I can do if I can keep everybody here. I just don't want to dislocate my really super great <laughs> employees that I love and. And they're my family. I spend more time with them than I do my family. We work 10-hour shifts. I'm here with them every day. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, send thank love you. to all of your employees and everybody yeah. where you are, and and, uh, and we'll get this out well, there. When and I'll this let all you know. takes, we're going to survive. I don't have much debt here. But I. so when this all shakes out, please come see us. Okay, we will. I'll give you I'll give you a tour. Okay. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to hear all our episodes. Go to shoutyourcause.com to our podcast page for information on our guests and notes from this show. 